Hello, everybody. I'm Kathy Yang. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. China. Beijing is set to display its military might as its Communist Party celebrates the 70th anniversary of its rule Tuesday. But the celebration comes against the backdrop of growing tensions inside and outside the mainland, like the U.S.-China trade war. As Ron Cruz tells us, Washington is considering new financial pressure tactics on Beijing. A stern warning from China amid reports the Trump administration is considering delisting Chinese companies from U.S. stock exchanges. Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson Gang Shuang says any decoupling of Beijing and Washington would only cause more harm than good. Exerting maximum pressure and even seeking the forced decoupling of China-U.S. relations will harm the interests of Chinese and American companies and people, create turmoil in financial markets, and endanger global trade and economic growth. This does not accord with the interests of the international community. China reiterates both sides need to work hand-in-hand to forge a peaceful resolution. We hope the United States will work with China to continue to deepen economic and financial cooperation and that the United States would meet with China halfway and take a constructive attitude towards finding ways to resolve issues. Reports of the decoupling broke last week. The move would reportedly be part of a broader effort to limit U.S. investments into Chinese companies. China, though, still vows to continue opening up its financial markets to encourage foreign investments. The world's two largest economies are heading into another round of high-level trade talks following China's week-long national holiday starting October 1st. China's top negotiator, Vice Premier Liu He, will lead Beijing's delegation in Washington. The next round of negotiations is expected to begin on October 10th. Beijing and Washington are locked in a trade war which has rattled markets for over a year. Ron Cruz, ABS-CBN News. Back here at home, Philippine shares ended the quarter on a sad note, falling back to the 7,700 level. Details from Michelle Ong. No last-minute window dressing for the PSEI, which closed down for the day, the month, and the quarter. It seems the interest rate cut and the surprise reserve requirement ratio cut from the Philippine Central Bank last week did little to lift sentiment. So the question is whether or not these funds can be deployed. Um, number one, it takes time. Number two, remember, this happens not now. It happens in November. The PSE index falling half a percent to settle at 77.79. Overseas funds continue to sell out of the local bores. Meanwhile, the Philippine Competition Commission approves the joint venture between Pasay City Government and Dennis Oy's Pasay Harbor City for 265-hectare land reclamation project. This is the first merger review by PCC involving an LGU as a party to the joint venture. And finally, the Philippine Stock Exchange kicked off Financial Literacy Week with a special bell-ringing ceremony and its mascot, Bullet, making the rounds of the PSE building and the mall beside it. PSE CEO Ruel Refran also gave updates about some of the PSE's new products, like real estate investment trusts or REITs, which allows the public to invest directly in income-generating assets. We're closer to the finish line, hopefully, um, because we have addressed the concerns that have been made public to us uh, 
via the pronouncement, both by the SEC and the Finance Department. Mm -hmm. What has been the work in pro process in terms of revising further the domestic um, investment portion of our rules? Because our objective is while there are fiscal incentives provided to REITs, there has to be clarity, and in fact, we have incorporated it in our rules, the funds that you raise via follow-on or an IPO for an REIT, there is that domestic reinvestment requirement. The release of the revised rules for REITs has been pushed back from July to September, and now it's expected to come out by the end of the year. Tomorrow is a brand new quarter, but the jury's still out on whether fourth quarter is going to be better or more of the same listless trade. Remember, we started this year at 74.66. Many traders are now riding off 2019 and instead looking ahead to the prospects of 2020. Michelle Long, ABS-CBN News. An economist expects the Philippine Central Bank to continue cutting the country's reserve requirement ratio for banks over the next two years. This comes after the regulator announced a 100 basis point triple R reduction last Friday. HSBC's Nolan Arbus believes the central bank may slash the country's triple R by 200 basis points next year and by another 200 basis points by 2021. Philippine Central Bank Governor Benjamin Diokno has said he aims to reduce the country's reserve requirement ratio to a single digit before his term ends in 2023. I think it's probably best for the BSP to cut the triple R uh, in a more staggered manner from here on out. So expect more 50 basis points each quarter per se, rather than 100 basis points each time. While we don't really see any near-term risks with triple R cuts, I think a slower pace of triple R cuts is also quite prudent. Philippine bank lending rose at a slower rate in August. Data from the Philippine Central Bank shows outstanding loans of universal and commercial banks expanded by 10.5%, slower than the 11.1% growth recorded in July. The growth in production loans, driven primarily by lending to the construction and real estate industries, with 39.2% and 17.7% respectively. Domestic liquidity, meanwhile, grew by 6.2% to about 11.9 trillion pesos, or over $229 billion in August this year. That's slightly slower than the 6.7% growth in July. Demand for credit remained the principal driver of money supply growth. The Philippine Central Bank says it will continue to monitor domestic liquidity dynamics to ensure that overall monetary conditions remain in line with maintaining price and financial stability. The Philippine Central Bank expects inflation to continue its downward trend this September. Its forecast September inflation will settle within the 0.6 to 1.4 percent range. Lower inflation outlook is attributed to the continued decline in rice prices and electricity rates. But it could be offset by the recent uptick in fuel prices and higher prices of some food items due to weather disturbances. HSBC's Nolan Arbus meanwhile believes the increase in oil prices won't make a huge dent in September inflation. This time last year is when inflation hit about 6.7. So base effects are really high. Despite the higher oil prices that we saw in September, we don't really think that does much to lift inflation to within target. That said, we think inflation for the whole year is still going to be well within the BSP's 2 to 4 percent target range. We're thinking about 2.7 percent for the year. The Philippine House of Representatives hits back at criticisms over the 2020 national budget. As RJ Cruz tells us, House lawmakers laid out the institutional amendments to next year's spending plan to dispel notions they are earmarked billions of pork barrel funds for themselves. 
From the get-go, the Speaker of the House said the 2020 budget had no pork barrel, no park funds, and it was not delayed. The proof, details of the institutional amendments they approved, showing where they intend to realign 9.52 billion pesos from the right-of-way funds of the Department of Public Works and Highways and the Barangay and Sangguniang Kabataan elections that will be cancelled. The lion's share goes to the Department of Agriculture, 3 billion to augment the budget for the purchase of unhusked rice and 500 million for its quick response fund. The police and military get a billion each for the development of camps. Additional funds also go to the Department of Education for the K-12 program, agencies related to health. The Metro Manila Development Authority for the increase in salaries, additional funds for drug rehab centers, and sports. These are the institutional amendments approved by the small committee they formed for the purpose. The Speaker hopes everyone, including the Senate, can scrutinize the budget instead of engaging in rumor-mongering. I won't respond to chismes. Uh, any one of them, Senator Man, Congressman, Concejal, uh, member ng simbahan, kayo sa media, Tell me where the pork is, I'll sit down with you. If people uh, give us chismis and say my sources, how, how do you respond to that? Pag nakipag-chismisan uh, ka, chismoso ka rin. The speaker believes Senator Panfilo Lacson still has a hangover from what went on in previous Congresses. Senator na binabanggit mo, isang kaibigan, we respect his advocacy, but hindi niya ata matanggap na yung house na to is also anti-pork. At best, yung batikos ay masyadong premature kay Hindi pa tayo tapos, iyakan pa natin. Tapos, mag-meeting pa tayo sa PICAM conference. Another House leader also explains why it is not wrong for them to create a small committee which accepted amendments even after the bill was approved on third and final reading. 30 years ago, pag kinuwestion po nila ngayon yan, ibig sabihin yung budget for the past 30 years, illegal. Hindi po. Legal po yan. Uh, nasa Constitution na Congress, both houses, the Senate and the House, can create their own rules of procedure. The House is scheduled to transmit the 2020 budget to the Senate for its scrutiny by October. R.G. Cruz, ABS-CBN News. The Philippine Finance Department dispels fears of massive job losses and investor exodus if the Duterte administration's second tax reform package is passed. As Dina Ponte-Uring tells us, there are also other government initiatives that help make the country an attractive business destination for foreign firms. The Philippine Finance Department challenging foreign chambers here in the country to provide the basis for their job loss protection once the second tax reform package is passed. The Joint Foreign Chambers of the Philippines earlier said some 700,000 direct and indirect jobs will be lost with the passage of the Corporate Income Tax and Incentives Rationalization or CITIRA bill. John Forbes of the American Chamber of Commerce Philippines says foreign firms that can easily relocate may also choose to leave the Philippines due to the threat of higher taxes. You've got these two groups of companies, uh, one that will benefit from the reduced corporate income tax uh, over whatever period it is reduced, either more quickly or under the scheduled 10-year period of reductions, and those who have special incentives that are going to face higher taxes and are concerned about how that will affect their profit margins in the country. But Finance Undersecretary Carl Chua insists the measure will make the country more attractive to investors, which in turn will create more jobs for Filipinos over the next decade. We are reducing the corporate income tax from 30 to 20 percent. The second is we are providing incentives uh, that are performance-based to those who create jobs. For instance, all of these are um, basically trying to incentivize job creation. Chua also warning, further delays in passing the measure will affect investor sentiment. 
the investors are on a wait and see. They don't want to decide until they've seen the entire uh, package uh, set on stone. Despite the uncertainties that come along with Satira, the British Chamber of Commerce says the Philippines remains an attractive business destination for UK firms, noting the country's ease of doing business law and the government's infrastructure program as positive points. BCCP Executive Director Chris Nelson also says its work to promote the country to foreign businesses will not be affected by President Rodrigo Duterte's order to shun foreign loans and grants from countries supporting the United Nations probe on the Philippine government's war on drugs. The UK and the Philippines has had long ties and they will continue regardless of any specific decisions, right? But again, that's on a government to government. And in a bid to improve the country's ties with more countries, President Duterte is set to visit Russia this first week of October and meet with his Russian counterpart Vladimir Putin for the fourth time. Several bilateral agreements are also expected to be signed. Dino Pontirig. ABS-CBN News. And before we go, Facebook is trying to end the popularity contest for its users in Australia as it officially begins hiding the number of likes, reactions and views on a user's posts there. The author of the post will still be able to see those metrics, but other users won't. The social media giant, which has been synonymous with the thumbs up icon, began to make the tests when to check whether this change would improve users' experience. Facebook-owned Instagram also tested hiding like counts in various countries this year, though it has yet to reveal the results on that. The no likes feature is meant to remove pressure on the part of the users, but it has prompted backlash from some social media influencers who use the likes as a chief currency to monetize their online presence. No word yet if the trials will be extended or become permanent. And that's it for today. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. You can watch highlights, recaps, and exclusive content of our shows online. Subscribe to the ANT YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you for joining us.